become correct. Hey guys, welcome to the fourth episode of the Bay Podcast. On with me right now, I have John from Bravo 6. Say what's up, John. What's up, John? All right, and then we got CJ back on for another episode. So CJ, say what's up. What's going on? So just a full, uh, full warning here, guys, and all the listeners. CJ and John are on the phone, so we might end up talking over each other, so just bear with us, and hopefully we get used to it, and the quality of the podcast remains the same from the past episodes. Let's start this off. Um, we're going to talk about the Metro Expo 2019 that just happened at OTP, and Bravo 6's event, uh, Holiday in Cambodia in September, and then we're going to have a little sneak preview with Operation Fallen Pedal where Mike should be uh, getting on to the podcast later on. Then we're going to talk about the, the NJOT, the NOMSOFT Jungle Orientation Training that we just had at Cookies uh, this past weekend. And then we're month, one, one month away from Doc Yang at Tolcom, which is one of our bigger uh, events of the year. So to start the podcast off again, we're going to uh, talk about the Metro Expo John, you were part of the planning team with uh, Ian and myself. How do you think it went overall? Just, you know, basic, your thoughts on the expo. Uh, overall, I would say it went okay. Um, you know, we we're always going to have hiccups, um, especially because this is our, only, our second year doing it. Um, uh, but, you know, we did, we did get a decent crowd, and I feel like a lot of people um, were interested in what we had. I mean, we were lucky we had the truck, so <laughs> people kind of wanted to come see that. Um, but overall, I mean, um, you know, the, the wind was terrible, um, so that, that, was kinda, that was kind of a rough thing. There wasn't as much room as I thought we were going to have. Um, you know, I know there was issues with, like, the electricity, and some booths didn't get that. You know, we kind of prepared for that. Um, so, I mean, I guess, you know, like things could have went differently, but that's what next year would be for, you know, like we will, you know, we'll make it better. Yeah, there's, there's somewhat of a learning process. It's a little different than running like an airsoft event and the expo. It's, you know, it's, they're two different monsters, even though they're involving airsoft. Definitely. Uh, you know, I, I personally agree with you on the uh, room that we thought we had. It wasn't as big as I think we planned. It worked out somewhat, um, I mean, we were close. We were next to each other, which is kind of what we wanted, anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your uh, your your truck, your gun truck, Katie, was definitely a highlight. If you want to talk about your process of putting her together, John. Um. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, you know, uh, a friend of mine, uh, one of the Bravo Six guys, uh, Wood, and I have talked a long time about you know making something where we could uh, you know shoot people out of you know on wheels. And uh, we've acquired a truck previously, and uh, we've ended up just using it, you know, to move around and whatnot. But uh, we wanted to, you know, build a gun truck. So we got this Jeep from a friend of mine, uh, fairly cheap. And, uh, yeah, we just put a bunch of work into it, you know, and nights, weekends, and, you know, little by little it kind of came together. And uh, we were really happy with the project and, uh, you know, the end, the end product. Uh, you know, it, it's awesome. You know, the yeah. the, the the gun on top cost just as much as the truck did. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember like that last week right before the expo, you were quiet, man. And I assumed was, you were just pounding away on that truck, putting that shit together. Yeah, we, we all assumed that the paint was going to be drying on the trailer on the way down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the last couple of days were a bit of a scramble because um, we, we wanted to, you know, have a spot to show it off and, you know, and, uh, OTP was nice enough to let us uh, use it um, for our game, so that was pretty cool. Um, now I know a lot of the players enjoyed having it. And, yeah, uh, it was definitely a different dynamic because that field is kind of one-dimensional, you know. Yeah, they had. I mean, for your purposes too, I think basing your session, your your two-hour session around that truck was like perfect for that field. And every yeah. all the feedback I got was your set your you know your block of time 
was the best one of the day. Yeah, which, I mean, I, I find odd. One, because it was like uh, the first block, you know, and, and I think I, I wasted like 45 minutes while we were trying to get the gun together and everything. So we only had an hour to play. And I'd never been to that field before, you know, I'd never stepped foot on that property and I had to run the first game there, you know, and yeah. it was kind of a challenge. It was a little harrowing. Um, but it, yeah, to hear that it went well, you know, made me pretty happy. You know? But you know, the, the, um, the community down there, they're used to those like defend and attack type of, uh, scenarios. So what yeah. you did was like perfect for what I think they're looking for and, airsoft uh, games yeah i mean i really didn't have much of a choice um you know not knowing the field and whatnot i had to keep the game kind of static yeah um you know the truck just brought a you know a heavy hit you know for any assaulting force you know having a vehicle to move uh, uh you know up on either using it for cover using it to move equipment and that you know it's just a you know definitely an asset for an assaulting force right all right so uh cj2 um let me ask you this: You so you went as, I guess, Bay and Bravo Six staff. From from a vendor's point of view, let's say you like John and I were not involved in any of the planning. We were vendors. You were a vendor. What would you be looking for as a vendor for next year? Oh, that, that's a good question. I mean, I would definitely say probably a little more space. You know. Um, more uh, more room for people to get around and uh, and kind of like open up a little bit and just probably uh, a little more uh, staff um, helping out with a lot of people. I noticed a lot of people were just kind of like wandering around, you know, like and like uh, organizing the booths wasn't. Yeah, um, all there. you know, John, this is something I was going to bring up, and I guess we can talk about it now. I really think we need to start. Think we need to start implementing a uh, a staff for the expo, which is going to suck. Cause it's going to take like if, let's say it's going to be you, Ian, and myself. It's going to take away from our booths, and the whole point of for us is to like you know have our have have something to showcase our events. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I think it, we may have to do it. You know, last year we had my dad at the front gate taking it. You know organized he i mean he he was actually pretty helpful in the fact that he organized the raffle that didn't happen this year yeah and he collected the player signups which we all <laughs> which we all know um would have helped this year yeah yeah that would have you know it was amazing that uh your dad did a, such a terrific job at the first one you know he was like our our other man you know yeah. and uh Going into it this year, I assumed having a full staff would make things, like, really smooth, you know? Right, right. And but, it, you know, well, obviously turned out differently. Yeah, um, next next year I think we we learned a few lessons and we're going to go back to what worked the first year and improve on what worked this year. Is that fair to say, John? Oh, of course. Um, now, definitely learn from, uh, you know, any of your experiences and you know, apply it to your next move, you know? Hell yeah. Alright, so what are you it for venue next year? I, you know, Jersey, um, Jersey's cool and all, but I think we gotta, like, for, especially for Broken Arrows audience, I think we gotta go a little further north. Yeah. Um, I mean, Zulu would be a great choice. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked to them the past two years we've done it, uh, you know, and right. uh, I feel like, you know, this would be a good sell for them, you know, and then it's, you know, continuing on, they would, you know, be along with us, you know, and they would be great, great partners to have. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I know we had, um, well, uh, Soft Air New Jersey might have been interested. Yeah, so, I mean, we yeah, have Dan's options. a great guy. Yeah. We've known him for a long time, you know, CJ and I. Right. And uh, he would be a great uh, partner, too, you know. Yeah, we'll have to, I mean, it's literally a year away, but it comes so quick, as we all know, so. Yeah, yeah, you got to start planning for it now. Yep. All right, so what else about the Expo? I'm trying to think here. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, overall, I think the whole purpose of the Expo is to show that the community works together. Yeah. And 
you know, the three producers that really do Nomsoft events in this region, we all with this we're all like intertwined with each other's uh, events in, in themselves. Yes. That doing this expo together was kind of like a no-brainer, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was very thrilled when you guys asked me to be a part of it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I mean, my Nom games aren't even you know close to the level of yours or Ian's. Um, but yeah, you know, like you said, we're all in it together. You know, we we go to each other's events and uh, yeah. we have a great player base. You know, between the three of us. No, I mean, John, you, last year at Junction City, man, you were one of those key. You were one of the key guys. I like I consider you staff of Broken Arrow. You know, and and I hope that doesn't take away from your you know the Bravo Stick Bravo Six stuff you're doing. It's just I'm looking for guys who are committed and want to help out and enjoy the events as much as I do. And you know, it's almost like they want to put in. To, they want to put in what they want to get out of it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm open to anybody that's like that. And of course, I'm always around to help you out with your events. And you know, if you ever need help, so here I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling myself out on uh, podcast uh, streaming here. So it's proof that I'm uh, volunteering to help out any you know at any of your events. All right, John. Let's talk about your um, Bravo Six events. This year is going to be a funny year for you. You got a baby on the way. So you're pretty much going to be out of commission event running wise until September. Yeah, correct. Um, you know, kind of same thing with cookies. Uh, you know, we kind of we're running that for a little bit, but now with my son on the way, um, you know, and when he gets here, just got to be home. You know, so yep. fall is like the kickoff. Um, I guess most likely, um, you know, holiday in Cambodia will be the fall kickoff. You know. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about that. You got holiday in Cambodia. It's a Viet well, it's a Vietnam era event taking place in Cambodia, September fourteenth at Cookies Chaos in New Jersey. Yep. So you want to give any insight? Do you have anything planned for it yet? Um, you know, you want to give a little bit of a backstory for guys who might be interested. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's still real early. Um, not gonna lie, I plan all my games like on the whim. I get good ideas and I just do it. <laughs> Um, so I don't have any real good ideas yet. The only real good ideas I have, things I have planned for this, Vietnam season. So we're probably going to barbecue and hang out. Uh, I set the game in like 70. So like it's Special Forces 1970. Like you can kind of get a little silly with your gear, you know, like let's have fun with it. Right, know? right. Which is actually might be a good uh, send off for the season. Yeah, that's, you know, kind of what I was thinking. You know, everyone's worried about the uh, standards at MacArthur. Then they can kind of go relax at Holiday in Cambodia. Yeah, man. That's it. You got it right there. Last year, what was it? Uh, Steel Interdiction, which was a pretty... You you were trying a lot of different uh, gameplay mechanics. You had the baskets. You had the you had George riding around on the bicycle. Um, are you planning anything similar to that, or you don't want to give anything away yet? I mean, I know you said you... Um, I know you said you haven't been really been planning it yet, but... I assume you're going to reuse things that work. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to try to make it uh, a little less Farby this year. Um, I mean, I still don't care if you bring your mom's huffy bicycle. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Just try to, like, spray paint a plaque or something, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, you know, definitely going to be doing, like, different kind of, like, uh, ammo caches and different things that, you know, players have to go out and hunt for. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, the, the name of the game is um, you're rooting these guys out from a place that they've been holding for a long time and never really expected anybody to be able to get there, you know? Right, right, right. Okay. Wasn't... You know, I, I, I seriously think uh, we, we got to find a rickshaw. Um, that would that would make, you know, getting up and down the road pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, anything, anything to go up and down that road, I think it could be pretty cool. We can probably talk uh, Trapani into bringing his APC for the uh, event if you're really into it. Oh yeah, man! Like that thing's perfect, man. Like you know, like we don't like I don't know. We don't we don't stress so hard on like the, the actual authenticity of it, you know. Even though like we do base a lot of our uh, events on actual conflicts and stuff, you know, like we want people to kind of get into it, you know. Right, right. Kind of soften the blow when they go to your games. All right, so John. You- one of your staff members, Jeff Kerber, is moving to Colorado, and I hear you got correct. some. And I hear you got some plans for 
a possible expansion? Uh, yeah, um, Jeff's a longtime friend of uh, CJ and mine. Um, we've known him since like high school. Uh, he's the guy we got in airsoft with, you know. Um, and you know he's been a big part of Bravo Six. He's helped out a lot, and uh, now he's moving out to Colorado. So uh, hopefully he can do some stuff out there. He's uh, he's done a little research. He said there's not much, so hopefully what we do will catch on. You know. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I wonder if there is a market out there. Yeah, from what he says, he um, he said there's not many fields, not many big games, right. you know. Because uh, Chris Johnson moved out there, and I don't think he airsofts that much. He just does a lot of uh, real steel stuff. Yeah, yeah, he travels for a lot of the games yeah. he goes to, I believe. Yeah, he flies out to the East Coast pretty much. He flies out up here for our big Vietnam event, and then he goes down to Virginia and North Carolina for a lot of the Southern Front events, so... Yeah, well, maybe him and Jeff get together or something. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. All right, listeners. Mike O'Donnell just joined up, so we're gonna get his crazy. We're gonna get his crazy antics on this podcast. But to finish our conversation with John, I want to ask him about his first impressions from Junction City last year and what he plans to do for Operation MacArthur this year. Uh, yeah, so I'll just talk quickly. Um, Junction City was awesome, man. I mean, <clears throat> you pretty much ask anybody who went, that was probably the best event they'd ever been to. Um, just th- the weather made it so realistic, you know, being out there for days and, you know, everybody was perfect, man. It looked awesome. Um, we had a blast. Um, but I really, you know, I really wanted to shoot you guys. And uh, I was telling all the guys, I'm like, next year, I'm going, I'm going BC, man. So, uh, yeah, I've been working on my BC kit. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to keep you guys on your toes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, been, I've been doing upward movements for a long time, so watching these guys at NJOT, uh, it'll be easy. <laughs> uh, well, that's actually a knock against you and Mike, uh, CJ. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds like uh, something like we'll have our hands full, but... Yeah, uh, if anybody can uh, can track down John, I think it'd be me. So there you go. Be good. I have a bar. Yeah, so CJ is going to be one of the platoon leaders, so he's going to have a whole bunch of minions going after uh, John as a VC. This, this is very true. Um, thankfully, I'll you know I'll have Vera uh, Long helping helping out as my platoon sergeant. Right. You know. And, uh, we'll be able to keep all those all those minions going crazy. So, going crazy. Nah, I, I'm John. I'm, you know, we always need uh, NVA and Vietcong numbers. Most events always do. Um, so getting that, you know, that extra guy plus a good op. You know, I hate saying op four because I never design my events. Where one side is just straight up op four, op four there it's to not, die. It's not op four. It's just fucking NBA. Right, right. So um, no, you're you're one of the best sneaky guys out there. So having you as a formidable enemy on the Pavin side is going to be key. And Chris Johnson's going to enjoy having you. Yeah, the terrain's really tough. Um, so it's hard to move when you have you know 10 12 guys attached to you you know but when you're only moving in two three man teams it's a little easier yeah um, yeah for sure my advice to the gis would be uh do cardio do lots and lots of cardio before you go to this event i've been trying to get people to do that since like last year but uh, uh good luck with that <laughs> yeah, we need those motivational posts again mike you gotta get back on that my my um my buddy made me really self conscious about it because he, one day he was just like, "Man, are you just like trying to like brag about your workouts or something?" I'm like, "No, I'm trying to get the people going." And he was like, "All right, just fucking like tone it back," and then I just stopped doing it. Nah, nah, screw everybody, just do it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I need I'll get it. Get back on it. I need it. I need that motivation. All you right, know, you know, Mike, I think you need bragging about my workouts. That's fine. I don't, yeah, I mean, I I really didn't take it as bragging. I think I took I took it as you're being proactive. Yeah, you know, trying to be. You know, the weather's nicer now too, so people will 
be more inclined to go outside. Maybe you should start it up again, Mike. Yeah, I will. Is there any uh, suggestions you guys have for that? Like anything more that you'd want to see? Like I could post like specific workout things. Uh, I I really wanted more interactivity on the post is what I wanted. But I mean, that's already a fucking stretch for for people in airsoft and talking about what they love. So getting yeah. them to work out is like a that seems like I'm shooting for the fucking moon over here. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I got my balls busted when I said, yeah, I plan on rucking up and down stairs in my apartment building. And the guy's like, Yo, you look like a real knob. I'm like, I guess. I mean, what do I care? You know, what do I care, <laughs> to be honest? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, take I, mean, it he, I take it he won't be working out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know... Uh, this year, it's like John said, it's going to be a lot of cardio. So guys that don't work out, guys that, that aren't going to start like getting their cardio in, they're going to be hurting. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even the guys that are doing cardio and are are getting a workout, they they're, they're going to hurt. Everybody's going to be be a little sore. Yeah. You know, so you, you might as well just practice for it and uh, and at least try to get yourself at least a little bit ready. Well, uh, John and CJ, you guys were on that last patrol. We were looking at 45-degree angle uh, inclines in some places, and we plan on spending more time on that side of the field. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Walking up, back up, I kicked my ass. Yeah. And uh, the fact that Kish walked right past me really hurt my self-esteem just a little bit because he flew up that mountain, and I'm sitting there struggling, and he's like twice my age. Dude, he was like, he had a big shit-eating grin on his face, and I'm like, Kish, you all right, man? He's like, yeah, I love this, man. This is Go Trails, and we're like, what? He's like, Go Trails, I love them. This is great, and you know, he, this guy is 67 years old, a, v, a real Vietnam vet, and he he'll out march, out hump everybody on the field. Like these kids would be like 19 years old. You know, we have a few 16 year olds, and he's outpacing them all day, all weekend. Yeah, I mean, I felt bad because I was on point for that. And, uh, you know, I'm, like, going through this, and I'm like, I, I have, like, ten guys behind me that have to follow me, like, through this crap. Like, this is terrible. And then when we started heading back, all I could think of in my head was, we have to go back up this, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, man, and we hit contact down in the river, and it was just, it was a, such a hump to get back up that hill. Yep. So, yeah, so I tell everybody, man, you guys got to start getting in shape a little bit if you plan on making it through the weekend but that struggle and challenging yourself even if you feel like tired or sore that's part of the event to me like you gotta push through it that's that's why you're doing this and at least that's why i'm doing it you know to get any little inkling of what these guys went through in 1967 vietnam if i can get the same somewhat pains they have or the struggles being a little sweaty and a little dirty you know, it's probably it's probably like a tenth of what they really went through, but still, you know. Yeah, it's it's such a minute fraction, you know. I mean, what you know what they went through and we put ourselves through. Uh, but yeah, the, the, I mean, you guys are gonna have a tough time trying to get all those kids to stay in line, you know, going up and down that mountain. Yeah, but you know, in fairness, I thought when we did that, like it was like thirty something, uh, close to forty. GIs, we had that long column. It's like a big snake through the woods. The, everyone was like on point. No, there wasn't a lot of talking, not that much noise. Everyone stuck with their unit. I thought it was. I, I was like, all this work that I put in all year, it's paying off right now. It's this is amazing. Yeah, it definitely. Um, there was definitely lots of uh, like unit cohesion. I guess is the word. There was a lot of unit cohesion, and people were following their their orders and. And for the most part, uh, chain of command, and it really, it really went off really well with a lot of people who didn't even know that that was really going to be a, like an integral to the event. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this year, we, you know, we added even more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess more command, as you know, command elements into the unit we're portraying. Like we have. Uh, two platoon sergeants and one company first sergeant that were real military so they're going to keep people in check and hopefully teach them some stuff 
So yeah, speaking of uh, learning something and being taught something, I'm going to segue into the NJOT, which was the Namsoft Jungle Orientation that we held um, this past weekend at Cookies Chaos. It was a, I guess, an invite-only event, but if you're really interested in it, like we would have just had you come in. We had about, what, 15 guys, and we had Jim Powers and Mike Diamante run a basic uh, course for Namsoft era, uh, well, Vietnam era tactics. Um, Mike, I want to talk to you first about it because we kind of put you through the ringer being uh, one of the squad leaders for MacArthur. So I said, you know what, have him trained as the squad leader. So they were on your ass all day. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so did, did you feel that you got anything out of it um, in that position? And you'll, it's not easy leading guys who are also students at the same time. Yeah, it was. Um, it's a lot to work with. You know, I've been I've been doing this for a long time, so there's a lot of like, you know, basic basic cool stuff that, um, you know, it's it's always good to have those refreshers, and it's always good to have, you know, somebody who knows what they're doing giving you step-by-step commentary or commands or whatever and uh but i've i've never had anybody like you know right on my six yelling at me to get things done as i'm doing them so that was a really really nice touch um right and, and, and it really kept me on my feet made me think on the fly and uh um i i've always liked being uh, in that environment, so right. it was it was really great, and they were they did a phenomenal job, and I, I couldn't have been happier. You know, like I don't have any real military experience or anything, so having those guys there, you know, talking you through it is is a real treat. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Mike, it's funny that you mentioned that you you know this was a refresher course for you, so it really added another element to what you already knew because you had to. Um, kind of guide guys who are learning this stuff for the first time um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say that that was really my job for this at all like i definitely i tried to put in my my two cents where i could um a couple times that was wrong um and you know we we can can delve right into that right now well all right let me ask you uh, let me ask you a serious question then sure do you feel that they made you come correct I, I do need to come correctly, and um, I think everybody needs to come correct. And if you want to be in a, a leadership position, telling people to come correct, you have to come correct yourself. That's fair. That's good advice. So uh, come correct. <laughs> there we go. That, that's what I was fishing for. So CJ, you you were being trained, I guess, as a platoon leader in that situation, even though you only had one squad. Um, do you feel you got a lot out of this? Yeah, I mean, um, I've always, I, I mean, I've, I've always been used to the leading guys. Somehow I always get stuck in that position. Never asked for it. Always get stuck in it. I guess I'm doing something right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, any little bit of, um, information that I got, you know, from those guys really helps out, you know, uh, human fair. You know, they've been through the ringer, you know, they've been there, done that gym almost over 20 years, you know. Right. And uh, that everything that they, they gave me really helped out, and it's really going to help out as I continue. And, I mean, up until MacArthur, I'm going to be reading and, and studying and just pounding shit into my head for the take on, you know, three squads at MacArthur. Yeah. Yeah, you're up to... Preliminary, pre, ah, preliminary roster, you have about three squads. Yeah. So I'm going to have my hands full. And uh, I have to work on some... I know there's a lot of things I have to work on, but you know that'll all come with time, and hopefully I don't lead my guys into a riverbed ambush and just get everybody killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So do you think it would be advantageous for us to do this again, possibly before Operation MacArthur? Anybody? I mean, if it's possible, um, I mean, it's going to be tight any time before MacArthur, but if it's possible, um, it would definitely um, it would definitely be rewarding. I mean, even after MacArthur, it would definitely be something that I would definitely be interested in doing again and uh, working with, you know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, the summer's so busy, man. We have so much going on. Um, but I'll see what we can do. I'll see what we can do and try to work out a, a weekend. I know a lot of the free weekends we have, we're probably going to be up at Tolcom setting things up. Um, I know uh, I talked to Tom from MSADA, who's running the airsoft at Tolcom, and he wants us to come up there and you know help him build uh, build stuff. So. So stay, stay I think tuned. If, uh, I think if we do this again, I think a cool element to add would be um, like when we're doing PCCs and PCIs, um, we should definitely get everybody a little bit more like familiarized with their gear, especially with people who are kind of new or, you know, they just got their NOM equipment and, you know, they, they have it rigged up, but like not, you know, not exactly up to fucking code. And I think we could spend some time with, with those people and everybody uh, and just, you know, go over each other's gear and, and be like, hey, like this, this, and this, and, and take this off or do this and rig it this way, and this is how they did it. And I think that would be a fun new element to add to a, a, another training event like that. Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. Um, we, you know, we should have done that. You're right. And the guy who needed the most came late. And we already were, you know, I guess half an hour in, but definitely, Mike. Um, even, you know, even you, you're like a senior guy, man. Like, at the event now this year, you know, take charge. Tell this guy, yo, dude, your canteen's on way too, you know, way too far forward or, you know, whatever. Your rucksack is on, you know, you got to loosen up the the straps. Whatever, you know, whatever you think, man. You, you Like, you know, you've, you've done it. You've done this for years. Yeah, definitely. Um because, you know, I've, I've gone from fucking total farm to fucking, you know, like I've been doing this for 10 years now, so. And coming correct. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm, you know, I'm coming correct. But uh, all, all I ask from the people in this community, you know, like, um, you know, one way or another, just have an open mind and uh, definitely be open to things that you don't know because you don't know everything. I don't know everything. Uh, yep. A bunch of the fucking dingbats on the Vietnam reenactors forum that <laughs> think that they know everything don't know everything. Yep. And, you know, it's just um, just always be be open to, to learning and and you you can constantly improve. You're never done. So listen, that trigger finger better be in that trigger guard yeah. or else it's not real. No pineapples, no lemons. Oh yeah, god. Yeah. No butt packs. Just end my life here. Uh, I, I can't listen to these people anymore. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I completely agree with Mike with, uh, with the, the whole gear. I mean, it'd be great to just, you know, go through everybody's gear because even us as, as you know, guys that are, have been doing it and we do a lot of research, um, you know, each one of us does things a little different, you know, and uh, we're, we're always like, I know Mike and I have always had to go back and forth with our lightweights, figuring out what's the best, you know, what he does, what I do, different options um, on how to set up our rigs, you know, and I try to pass it on. Like, I'm, I'm sure we're both, I'm sure everybody's answering Ferrucci's questions on his rucksack. Yep. <laughs> so, you know. Um, Ferrucci's going to kill his own own side one day. He's just going to frag a whole bunch of us. <laughs> but we did just get him, I, I did, well, he was with me and he ordered, you know, a period correct do-rag, so... Well, oh, important. Oh God! Can we get that thing? Can we get him to grow hair? <laughs> Maybe. Every, do we, just get him to grow hair. <laughs> I don't think he can. He's the only to to give him credit though. Um, he's the only person I've ever seen sport the do rag. So that's a that's a that's a look. Yeah, and he pulls it off, man. He looks. He. I. I would. If I saw him in the middle of the jungle, I wouldn't. I would turn the other way. Yeah, I, I I couldn't do that for sure. So more power to him. He's definitely like our ragman mixed with our animal mother. Yeah, yeah, he is. 
He is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's a fucking freak outside, but uh one of the finest men you've ever seen in combat. <laughs> we love you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Ferrucci's gonna be on uh next episode, I believe. Ferrucci the mooch, you fucking caveman. Yeah, he's <laughs> He's a good guy to have on your side, but he we gotta tell yell at him to not shoot over our heads. Yes, or keep shooting when we yell ceasefire ten times in a row. That was probably the funniest moment of the weekend is everyone's yelling at him and he's just like finger on the trigger, not not letting up, and just turns his head, looks at us, as his finger's still on the trigger, and just looks the other way towards down his barrel. Like he's he is a madman. <laughs> It's too much. I'm dying right now. Uh. So, um, okay, all right. Well, we'll end on Ferrucci. Ferrucci, you're getting on uh, the episode next. So, next episode, the June ex- episode, you'll be on here, bro. All right. Um, so, Mike, let's talk about your. Uh, this is your spotlight event here, man. Uh, Operation Fallen Pedal Two. May 25th at Zulu 24, New York. You want to talk about the backstory a little bit? Well, we wanted to make our own country without nations or borders or ideals. So what we did was form our own private army with nuclear capabilities. And now the world wants our heads on a silver platter. Well, we say no. Flaccid Snake and his army will gain the power and respect and defeat them, whatever it is that comes at us. So you try, but we'll be here. That's pretty good, man. Are you driving too? No, I just pulled in. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, that's pretty fucking good, man. So, um, but yeah, that's. Go ahead. Go ahead, CJ. So, with Flaccid Snake, like, his ultimate form is, like, when he takes Viagra and he becomes, like, a wreck snake, right? It's like a battle sword, like a power ring, like, like, you know, it's like morphs. It's been theorized, but nobody's actually seen it. I was going to say, yeah, CJ, you're talking 2019. Your idea is, like, 2025, bro. Oh, all right. I got it. I was just, I was just, I had to ask. We're we're only a few months into this franchise, CJ. (laughs) But um, no, we yeah. But uh, Mike, we we I think we we were like delirious from like a twelve hour ride from North Carolina, and we were just like throwing out ideas, and it was like, is this stupid? I think we have legitimately like like at least like three to four years worth of of ideas for this. Yeah, yeah. We just keep running it. Yeah. Yeah. The I'll say this, Mike. Let me. I'll edit it out if it's not cool to say, but I think this particular. Operation is going to be based a lot around cloning. Is that too much to say? It's it's not too much to say. I think uh, I think anybody who's a fan of the series know that that's kind of the crux of the whole thing. Okay. Um, we're going to delve deeper into how that pertains to our universe for this this next operation, but. Uh, you know, again, as as this all goes, and in and in good fashion, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Right. And you just have to keep. Uh, you have to come May twenty fifth to Zulu uh, to find out, and then you have to keep coming to find out more. Yeah. This sounds really bad when you talk about Flash and Snake. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Flash of Snake is just well. We have we have Flash of Snake, and we have um, a few other characters out there. Um, we opened the CIA, the uh, what do they call the Surgical Activities Division or Sur- Surgical Action Division? What, we, what was it called, Mike? Uh, it could be either one of those. What, um, yeah, whatever whatever it was, we expand that to be a. Yeah. International. There's been a lot of names thrown around, but yeah. uh, I think the real name is is covered under the the censor's pen somewhere. Who right. really knows? Right, but the other faction that's top secret activities. Right, but the other faction that's fighting the Black Cerberus, which is Flash's Snake's private army, is Task Force Griffin, which is an international, you know, police force, 
that's hunting down these guys with nukes. Yes. Um, can we? Is it like? Uh, I guess sanctioned by the UN would be would be like a UN task force almost would right. be the closest thing you could you could compare it to. Right. And they're they're the Black Cerberus Army is basically held up in a fictional country called Turdmekistan. Uh, so so yes, they're held up in a country called Turd. This is serious, guys. Yes. Um, this is basically like the last uh, the last ditch efforts by Black Cerberus to hold on to what they have because this uh, worldwide task force is coming to kick their ass. Yes. It's going to be... The last one was a lot of fun, um, if I think from from kind of the, the, the feel of what's happening for this, it's going to be an absolute riot. Um, I, I think we're going to have fun with this one. So I think it's an unmissable one. And, uh, you know, there's minimal kick requirements for both sides, you know. Yep got to be in one color you got to have a couple like certain specific things but um you know so it's it's right in between you know you you are having a required kit and a total free-for-all but um i think other than that it's just kind of a you know whatever happens happens yeah it's definitely the goofiest event that i've ever uh produced it's definitely the goofiest event that bay's producing right now yeah, it's our. I mean, it's our only goofy event. Everything else is kind of has like you know the tinge of reality or seriousness. Yeah, that's or true. That's true. Whatever. But this this is just straight up. Um, it's straight up ridiculousness. Orga- organized nonsense. Yes. Organized. What? What? It, what is it? Um, tactical nonsense action or? Yeah. Yeah. No tactical tryhard action. Yeah, tactical tryhard action. Yeah, so bring out your most tryhard kit if you want. Show up in a you know a hoodie sweatshirt and just use the kangaroo pouch as your mag pouch. We don't care. Yeah, I would, and uh, Mike, Mike and yeah, Mike and I been developing a system for our branding. Um, I don't want to get off topic too much, but I guess we're pretty much done talking about uh, Operation Fallen Pedal, but. Just to get back on topic of, of my off-topic, um, Mike and I have been talking about the branding of our events, and we're going to start grading our each of our events with like a Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3, whereas yeah. Operation Fallen Pedal, that series would be like a Tier 3 where we don't really have any standards to play, whereas the Tier 2 would be like our World War II events where... You know, as long as you come in uh, a World War II kit, you're okay to play. You pass the, you know, equipment requirement. Where our Tier 1 we're, events... We're like NATO, Russo, or Ragnarok. Right, right. And then um, the Tier 1 would be like the Vietnam events, you know, Doc Siang type events, and uh, Operation MacArthur, obviously. If you come obviously. with some fucking nylon, I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> no nylon. What else? No M4s. Sixty seven. <laughs> nice. No, you know what's funny? Uh, one of the guys this weekend showed me the M60. He, he's been talking, uh, Austin, he's been working really hard on, on getting his kit correct. And he messaged oh, me. And I was like, oh, dude, you got an M67 canteen patch? He's like, yeah. Because he wanted to get the full set. And I was like, yeah, don't get a full set of that. Just like one or two items at most. You know, like don't, no guys Yo, really I, had. I almost fucking like raised him for that. Like I almost just fucking smoked him. And then I saw the vertical stripes on the on the canteen, yeah. and I was like, "Oh shit, that's six seven. Like, yeah, he's good. Oh, fuck. I mean, I guess he's not too good for nineteen sixty seven, but for Nam in general, he's fine. We're not going to be that crazy. If you have, we're just happy you're not showing up in Alice gear, to be honest. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. But next year, uh, full disclosure here to all the listeners, we are going to nineteen sixty eight, so a little more. Uh, variety in uniforms, I guess. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to see fucking like sixty-seven pouches on everybody's no, shit. no, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now that we're talking, we're talking about Nam again. We're month, one month away from Doxiang Outpost Twenty Two, uh, June fifteenth to the sixteenth at Tolcom, Massachusetts. 
uh, signups are still trickling in. Uh, Airsofters are killing me with their waiting until the week of register. You know, registrations. We're gonna. Um, I think we'll allow field signups, but I'm charging like a ten dollar uh, signup fee because just it's just it's a logistical nightmare. A not knowing how many people are showing up. And B, people showing up the day of, which we're happy to have you, don't get me wrong. But then we have to either accommodate more people that we didn't plan for or we can't, like, assume that you're coming. You know, just sign up online. There's there's no reason not to if you have the money. Yo, uh, let me stop you there. I got to hop off here. All right, Mike. Um, yeah, man, that's that's fine. We'll talk about uh, CJ, John, and I will continue talking about uh, Doc Siang. Mike's uh, right, gotta go well, take care of business. Doc Chang, July, come everybody. Nope. It's gonna be fucking June. awesome. You get to break the tigers out, do a little sneaky, sneaky rumble in the jungle, have some fun before we uh, go to the line doggies. Yeah, baby. All right, Mikey. Thanks a lot, man. Later, guys. Later. Later, Mike. <clears throat> All right. So yeah, back to Doc Chang. It's June fifteenth to the sixteenth. Unfortunately, John, you're probably gonna be in prime baby time for that, right? Correct. So this is more going to be for CJ and I. CJ, we're going as a Mike Force unit. Um, the story is now Doxiang was an outpost north. Well, it was a, actually it was actually a special forces camp north of Docto, where Operation MacArthur is taking place. So Doxiang um, is taking place during Operation Greeley, which was also considered the Battle of Docto and it was in it was June 1967 so um, this this camp was attacked along with all the other camps along the border of that region and they were attacked by the NBA to draw um, the main reaction forces you know the the lion doggies the grunts which was the 173rd out from the cities to the you know wilderness of the south of Vietnam, and it was anticipation for the Tet Offensive. So, what we're doing as the Mike Force is we're going to be one of those quick reaction forces that got called before the line the the grunt and if you know regular infantry forces got called in to that region. Uh, so, to start the event off. The, there's um, an aid detachment that gets overrun, and as the Mike Force, we're basically reacting and trying to retake the outpost that the A team is stationed at, and we are basically picking up the pieces and trying to find this aid detachment or the remnants of it if anyone survived. All in the while, the NVA are attacking us and harassing us. That was a long ramble, but that's the that's the basic beginning and gist of how the event's going to start, and why and why the our unit, our Mike Force unit, is there. So CJ, you're going to be on the Mike Force. Um, I know you've been working on your kit. You pretty much have a pretty uh, pretty good kit for Mike Force because we did Sog, and you have a nice set of tigers. So there isn't really isn't much prep for you, is there? No, not too much. I mean, over the last uh, couple months, I've been, like, like you said, I've been putting together a, uh, a barbell for, specifically for this game. And I just got, you know, all the little pieces for it that I needed. So I'm, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty squared up. So I'm, I'm excited for this. That's good. I yeah, the NBA, have, the NBA have some pretty good guys, too, on that side. So... Uh, it's definitely going to be um, more of a stealth and lerp type of event. We don't plan on having a lot of guys. I, I was hoping that we wouldn't get a lot, so it opens the field up a little bit. You don't have a you don't have a column of forty GIs looking for, you know, twenty NVA. Um, it's probably going to be a little more even the side the sides. You know, maybe you know maybe twenty on twenty. I would hope forty person event. Would be awesome because it'd be very spread out that, on uh, on uh, Tolcom. Yeah, that that would be um, that would be perfect. You know, if we get 40, 40 guys, that'd be you know that, that'd be awesome on there. Um, if, you know, it would, like you said, we'd all be if we just spaced out enough. That way, it would be you never know what you're going to run into. No, no, absolutely not. And um, 
the scenario is definitely putting both sides on even ground. Whereas, like you know, the GIs have the GIs at the big multi-day events that we that we do. They kind of have the luxury of a, a full camp with tents and cots and all that stuff. For this event, everybody's going to be on even ground and basically um, spending the night out in the field. So yeah. both, you know, both the Pavin forces and the Mike force will be, you know, out in the, out in nature for twenty four hours. Yeah, which is going to be good, you know. So uh, you're not riding a cot, you know. Uh, nope. There's no better feeling than just having to be back to back with, you know. Right. Your buddy. Right. And prices are going to go up in June. So if you plan on going to that, please sign up. I also have the T-shirt uh, with a girl calling in a napalm strike uh, for Doc. You know, it's a Doxian commemorative shirt. That's for sale. It's I think it's twenty bucks on the Bay website. If you are interested in that, um, it's a pretty cool shirt. I ha- I I bought it myself. Um, I guess I'm I'm giving myself a pat on the back, but the the girl is pretty cool. A lot, she went through a lot of version uh, versions. Of, oh my god, versions! <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of different renditions. Um, but I think I, I think she came out pretty cool. She's talking on a Prick seventy seven, calling in uh, F four Phantoms, you know, which are basically naping a jungle at night. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. That's our first event of the of the season, and we can wear our tiger stripes. I guess this is the only time I'm probably going to be wearing my tiger stripes this year. So maybe maybe uh, John's holiday in Cambodia. I'll go uh, special forces also. I don't know. Um, I don't know. So, uh, CJ, what do you think? Anything? Anything on Doxy Yang? We're probably going to talk about it a little more in the next episode, anyways. Um, I just want to brief briefly remind people. To who please sign up. That's June. What did I say again? Oh my God! Uh, June fifteenth to the sixteenth at Tolcom, Massachusetts. Um, so yeah, CJ, you have anything closing to say about it? Uh, no. Just I mean, if you just get your ass to the game, you know, register and, and come out. It's going to be an awesome time. And uh, whether you're NVA or or Mike Force, you know, it's worth it. I mean, even come, you know, as a as a yard in your in your tunic. Yeah. With the loincloth. Yeah, loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I know a few guys actually went out and bought Tigris specifically for this event. It will be, we will probably do an event like this every year, just like our, uh, you know, three, four, three slash four day event, you know, Operation MacArthur. We'll be doing a smaller, you know, event like this to basically warm people up and get them into the Nomsoft. All right. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for your for this episode of talking about our events. I got uh, the Bay of Bays coming up next. A new new segment with my now wife. She got upgraded as a Bay from girlfriend to wife over the last since the last time she's been on. So um, yeah, guys, thanks for coming on, John. Uh, definitely get you on again, bro. All right, man. Sounds good. All right. Yeah, guys. All right. Hey, man. All right, guys. Take care. Take it easy. Hey, baby. You got girlfriend, Vietnam? So this is the second segment of Bay and Bays involving my bay, Casey, who's been upgraded from girlfriend to wife since the last time she's been on. Ooh. Um, would you say the honeymoon period is over yet? Never. Never will be, right? <laughs> Living the dream. That's it. I'm the man of your dreams. With my airsoft, sure. my airsoft mess all over the place. All right, touchy subject, guys. <laughs> um, if you heard the first episode, you know it's a touchy subject with Casey. Um, so, Casey is a good guest to have on for this, and. Not just because I'm biased because she's my bae, but she recently returned from a trip to Vietnam. And apparently I wasn't invited. So mm-hmm. I had to hear about her trip 
And now she's going to tell you a little bit about the trip also. So uh, I got a few questions for you, Kay. Okay. Um, so in Vietnam, you know, you went through a few sites. Did you see any remnants of the war? Um, yeah, so one of the, (coughs) one of the spots that we went to in Vietnam was the ruins of this, these like Hindu temples. So it was called My, My Scene. I think that's how you say it. But, um, it was like a complex of ruins and some of the temples you could walk through and like they were fully still standing and then others you would walk by and there were huge like craters in the ground from when the U.S. bombed um, the site during the Vietnam War and I read afterwards that the bombings like basically destroyed most of these temples like there were like 70 of them and then when I went there were about maybe like six and I read that the bombings all took place over the course of just one week which is kind of crazy yeah they dropped more bombs during the Vietnam War I think it was like the the most bombed country at that point it was also surrounded by like forests like, you walked, you drove a little bit, like, out of the city, and then you had to hike about, like, maybe, not that far, maybe, like, ten minutes, um, but you were, like, surrounded by forest, and then you got to the temples. Hmm. So I asked about animals, and they said that there used to be animals there, but then, obviously, during the war, everything was, um, everyone, like, every animal, like, escaped, pretty much, or, like, ran away. They were, like, scared or killed. Yeah, well, it was like a bomb zone, mm-hmm. so. Okay. Um, how were the people towards Americans? Like, did you find them friendly or any um, animosity? The people in Vietnam were super friendly, super welcoming. Um, I've told you this, but the average age in Vietnam is 35 right now because during the war entire families would have been wiped out and families would be like basically starting over. So it's a very young area. And all of the kids who obviously weren't alive during the Vietnam War, they all wear these like red scarves or handkerchiefs to um, represent the like motto of the people of Vietnam, which is the past is the past and the future is ours. So they basically look at any tourism as a popular, popular thing. Because they want people to come and help rebuild their community, pretty much. Okay. Um, How was the food there? I really loved the food because it was mostly seafood because I was right on the coast. So everything revolves around the fishing market. So a lot of like prawns, lobster, scallops, um, octopus... Lots of veggies. Um, and then a little bit of like, then there would be like the typical like dumplings or mm. like noodles and you could get it with anything, but right. a lot of really good seafood. Yeah. And what, um, where were you? You were, you flew into Da Nang and you were in one of the surrounding towns there? Da Nang or... is the airport that I flew into, right. but the city that my hotel was in and that I like went to was Hoi An Mm. and that's like an ancient city gotcha so let me ask you a question which is probably what all the people listening care about did you how much surplus military gear did you see so I kind of lucked out because I had a pretty private tour on one of my last days so I was able to ask my guide if he knew of any like antique stores or anywhere that might sell the way I described it to him because he didn't really know a lot of English. He knew some, but I was like, I would like to find um, canteens that were used during the Vietnam War by the Vietnamese. Because I figured I didn't want, you didn't want anything like that was American. Right. 
Um, so then my so then our my tour tour guard tour, tour guide actually took us took me to a thrift store that had like a bunch of canteens, helmets, lanterns, stuff like that. But I didn't really see a ton of like clothing. Like, is that what you mean? Like, surplus clothing? Well, surplus, like, is, you know, the canteens, pouches, mm. that kind of stuff, so. Then, yeah, okay. I saw... But you, see, you said you saw a variety, because you saw a lot of American stuff, mm-hmm. actual uh, Vietnamese, North Vietnamese stuff, and uh, Chinese stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of American yeah. stuff. A lot of canteens just said U.S. on it. Yeah. Um... Or every, or it was or everything was written in Chinese. So right. All right. Um, would you ever go again? Yes. Okay. Would you Would you want to go uh, and tour more sites that were based around the war? Like they have like the Kuchi tunnels, the Viet Cong tunnels, and that kind of thing. Would you be interested in doing tours like that? Maybe. Honestly, one of the coolest tours that I did while I was there was um, I took a boat ride in at like 5 in the morning. And this is what all of the men do in Vietnam. They wake up, even obviously even earlier than 5, and they go on their boat and they go out in the water and they just fish for hours and hours all throughout the night. So we got up at 5, did the fishing route or whatever, and then we went over to the fishing market and we saw how they were all like working and living. And that to me was the coolest thing about right. seeing like the way their lives are in everyday life, you know? Yeah, and I wonder if it's even changed since like the 60s when the war was going on. I mean... Because a lot of the soldier accounts that I've watched in documentaries, they're like, yeah, we'd be like bombing this village and people would just be working the patties mm-hmm. like it was just any other day. Mm. I know that during the war, Vietnam became, like, the poorest it's ever been. And then, right after the Vietnam War, when they were in a war with Cambodia, or they were attacked by Cambodia, then they were even poorer than they were during the Vietnam War. No one thought that they could get any poorer. Right. It was like they couldn't catch a break. So, whatever they're doing now, today is, like, everything is geared towards, like, rebuilding, making money, surviving, like, doing better. You know what I mean? Like, they're just constant. Like, everything they do revolves around, like, some sort of business aspect. Like, they go fishing to sell the fish. And they sell the fish to get the money to buy the vegetables that then they cook for people. You know, like, everything is... Everyone's trying to make a book. Everyone's trying to make a book. Or everyone's trying to make a dong. <laughs> a dong. Ew. I'm not being pervy. But you're, my, you're my wife. I could be pervy to you. Fine. Um, All right, okay. Yeah. Well, anything else uh, you want to say to the listeners? Um, Vietnam was by far one of the hottest places I've ever been. Oh, so that's... You, you'll never have any idea. All right, so that was one question I, I forgot to ask you. So when you when you te- you messaged me right when you got off the plane out of the airport, and you're like, yo, I just hit like a... you're my wa- husband, and I love you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just hit a wave of heat. And that was one of the... And uh, almost every book I've read or documentary I've watched, when the... The soldier gets to Vietnam, he gets off that plane, the ramp comes down, and he's like, yeah, I just, it's like the heat and the smell and the humidity all hit me at once, and it takes you like two weeks to get used to it. So, I remember you telling me that before I left, and I'll say this, when you land in D- Da Nang, right. you land and you go through uh, customs or whatever, you go through baggage, and baggage is very the airport's super small like very tiny you go through baggage and then it's the door the exit and right. the doors are just wide open so you walk outside and it literally felt like i was smacked in the face with a hundred degree weather and this was what at 11 30 p.m it was still hot and muggy yeah and my the my ride came and was like yeah it's 
it's a little warm. And I was like, it's 1130 at night. Yeah. It's hot. And it was humid, too. Like, the air was just heavy. But I'll say this. I didn't notice um, the smells in general. Unless I was, obviously, when I was at the fish market, that became a lot because it was also very hot. Mm -hmm. And then um, when we spent an afternoon cooking one day, they used so many different uh, spices and herbs And, like, everything just feels like it's from a different area. So it's just a lot of... So that was a little bit tough. But other than that, it it was mostly just the heat and yeah. the humidity. All right, so what would you give it? 10 out of 10? Um, I would give it probably 8 out of 10, only because it took me a while to adjust to the time zone. So the first... Two days I was kind of struggling, and then by the time I did get used to it, I was almost heading home. So right, All I right. think you need a and you need a good amount a good amount of time. Right. So you, if you went, you would go for a longer amount of time. Yeah, I was there from Monday to Friday. Right. Right. Cool. I think a little longer. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, the dog and I missed you, so we're glad you're back. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Okay, thanks for cool. being on. You're welcome. All right, bye. I love bye. you. <laughs> All right, thanks to John, Van Ness, CJ Sen, Michael Donnell, and Casey Caminiti, should be Walker, for being on this podcast. We'll see you in the next one. Take care. Come